From NPR and WBEZ Chicago, this is Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, the NPR News Quiz. It's cold out there. Put this villaclava on your face. <laughs> Bill Curtis, and here is your host at the Chase Bank Auditorium in downtown Chicago, Peter Sagal. Thank you, Bill. Thank you, everybody. Great to be back with you in Chicago. We have a very fine show for you today. Later on, we're going to be talking to an icon of the feminist movement, Ms. Gloria Steinem. Who, at the age of 85, has to come back and explain it all again. She's got a new book out. It's called, Look You Morons, I Told You All This Once Already. <laughs> we want to hear you sigh about the news while you answer our questions. Go give us a call. The number is one wait wait that's one 888 Now let's welcome our first listener contestant. Hi, it's Deborah Lipscomb. I'm calling from beautiful Longmont, Colorado. Oh, Longmont. I have actually been to Longmont. What do you do there? Um, I am an equine appearance specialist. An equine appearance specialist? Otherwise known as a groom. Oh, I see. All right. <laughs> so, yeah. you're, so, you're, so you're grooming the horses. You're making them look good. Yeah, I braid manes and tails for horse shows, so I stand on ladders all night and put stupid little braids in the horses and braid their tails, and their owners come in in the morning, and their horses look gorgeous. Yeah, I, would you, are, are you happier working with horses or with people? Um, I prefer the horses. That's why I like to stand on the ladder all night, and then I leave before the people get there. I think that's wise. <laughs> Deborah, welcome to our show. Let me introduce you to our panel this week. First, an author and humorist, newly named as an op-ed commentator for the Washington Post. It's P.J. O'Rourke. Hi, Deborah. Next, a comedian and author of the book How to Make White People Laugh and host of the podcast Fake the Nation, it's Nagin Farsad. And making his debut on our panel, a comedian whose new book Nice Try is out now, it's Josh Gondelman. So Deborah, welcome to the show. I bet you knew this, but you're going to play Who's Bill this time. Bill Curtis is going to perform for you three quotations from the week's news. Your job, of course, identify two out of three. Do that. You win our prize. The voice of anyone you may choose from our show on your voicemail. Are you ready to go? I am. All right, let's do it then. Here is your first quote. This is a sad day. A sad day. That was Nancy Pelosi lying about how she felt. <laughs> About Thursday's vote to authorize what? The impeachment. Yes, the impeachment inquiry. As they voted on Thursday, Democrats kept coming to the well of the House and saying things like, I take no pleasure in impeaching the president, which is a weird way to say, I take great pleasure in impeaching this president. Honestly, if you're a Democrat and you can't derive pleasure from impeaching this president, you need a fistful of Zoloft. <laughs> Meanwhile, the Republicans, when they got their turns to speak, kept shouting about the fact that they were being bullied by the majority. Finally, Trump supporters found a minority whose rights they care about. It's at verging on virtue signaling. It really yeah. is, yes. They're yeah. all social yeah. justice warriors, those yeah. Republicans. Yeah. I feel yeah. like to be balanced, they should have gone up and been like, we take great pleasure in this and we vote against it. Yes. <laughs> We're having so much, much fun. fun. <laughs> this is great. The Republicans also kept talking, they kept complaining about how they, all these secretive hearings so far had been happening down in the basement, as if that's bad. It's a secure conference room in the basement 
of the Capitol. I mean, it's not like Jerry Nadler was barging into the hearing every few hours to do his laundry. <laughs> Although when he was occupying this basement room last week, Matt Getz did keep shouting up for his mom to bring him more popcorn. <laughs> to be fair, he was really into a Fortnite game, and what was he going to do, get it himself? I know. <laughs> the thing that amazes me, and I'm not even sure if I have a joke about this, it's just the president, as we all remember, after the first whistleblower complaint became known, he released a transcript. And in the transcript of this call, he does exactly what he was accused of doing. He demands a favor, an investigation in exchange for aid. And he continues to say, well, it was perfect. As you can read in the transcript, there's nothing wrong. And there is something wrong. He also... He also so you've raised a toddler. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So it's, it's the equivalent did you, of... Did you break that? No. <laughs> I saw you break that. But, but my toddler, my toddler daughter did not look at the broken thing in the ground and say, it's not broken. Well, my See, it's not broken. No, and, my toddler did. Oh, really? <laughs> I didn't do it, and I'll never do it again, and also it isn't broken. <laughs> but, well, you did raise a Republican toddler. I did. I did. <laughs> We don't kid around at my house. No. All right, here is your next quote. No, Netflix, no. That was filmmaker <laughs> Judd Apatow responding to the news that Netflix is now allowing some users the option to do what? Oh, gosh, I don't know this one. Well, I'll give you a hint. This is something yeah. that you can now do with TV shows and movies on Netflix that you can already do with podcasts. Which, by the way, I find insulting, oh. so don't do it to me. Well, you can, I mean, speed ahead. I, I skip through stuff. I don't know. Give her I that one. Give her it. I will. Thank yeah. you. You said okay, speed thanks. through it. The answer is speed them up. Netflix <laughs> is allowing users now to watch video and movies on their site at up to 1.5 times the normal speed. So it's farewell, Netflix and chill. Hello, Netflix and come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Last week, some people watching Netflix on their phones found that they had this option. They play back up to 1.5 speed, which on the one hand is a terrible insult to the careful work of filmmakers, but on the other hand makes the really slow stuff like the movie Roma into action movies. <laughs> and if you like, you can find out what it would be like to hear David McCullough narrate a documentary while high on cocaine. <laughs> like Netflix saying, honestly, our stuff isn't really worth your time. Yeah. <laughs> I would hate to watch Planet Earth at like one and a half speed because it would just be like, well, climate change is faster than I thought. Yeah, I know. <laughs> On the other hand, late Woody Allen. Yeah, that could benefit. <laughs> Maybe Just I was putting it out there. Woody, also, yeah. Woody Allen should speed up his wife's age to 1.5 speed. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> What is the emergency situation that you need something at 1.5 speed, right? Well, like, it's, it's, just if you don't have time, just don't watch a thing. It's like, oh, we need, I, I need a queer eye stat. You know what I mean? This patient, no, she's not going to make it. Like, there's no... I need to speed. know what kind of booth they chose for her. <laughs> All right. Here is your last quote. Okay. You're a freaking bulldog, bro. That was Davey Martinez talking to a man named Max Scherzer after their team, the Washington Nationals, did what this week? They won their first World Series. They did. They won their first <laughs> World Series. 
The Washington Nationals won it in seven games against the Astros, and for the first time in history, the winning team won all the road games. It makes sense they were just so happy to be away from D.C. <laughs> By the way, among many other interesting things, this is the oldest World Series roster of players ever. For example, pitcher Fernando Rodney is 42 years old, and their shortstop is Joe Biden. <laughs> It was, in fact, the first World Series win in Washington since 1924, and things have changed tremendously. Back then, President Calvin Coolidge threw out the first pitch, and today, Calvin Coolidge is dead. <laughs> now, as you know, our current president attended Game 5 in Washington. He did not throw out the first pitch. He didn't want to do it when they told him he couldn't drive his golf cart right onto the pitcher's mound. Instead, the president just attended the game and when he was shown on the scoreboard and the whole stadium booed him, it was terrible and it couldn't have felt any better when Melania kind of joined in. <laughs> Interestingly, if Calvin Coolidge were at this year's World Series, he would have been the one saying, <laughs> They're not all good jokes. Yeah. <laughs> Can I say something about baseball, though? You may. I think baseball should be played at 1.5 speed. <laughs> Bill, how did Deborah do in our quiz? Two out of three for sure, but we will remember three out of three. Deborah, you did well. Thank Congratulations, you. Deborah. Thank you. Thank you. Good work, Deborah. <laughs> Right now, panel, it is time for you to answer some questions about this week's news. Josh, turns out great white sharks are just like us. I knew it. <laughs> I, just, I don't have a question. I just wanted to tell you that. Now we're moving on. No, great white sharks sometimes like to have what? Brunch. <laughs> well, you know what? I'm just going to give it to you because I don't know when in the day they're doing it. We were looking for dinner parties. <laughs> yeah, dinner parties. Could be brunch. You know, no. I... Accidentally getting it right. I'm just it's perfectly fit. fine. I didn't <laughs> I just didn't want to I didn't want to like have to hint you to another meal. <laughs> I get to my meals just fine, thank right. you. <laughs> so great white sharks are stereotypically loners. They hunt on their own for seals and Richard Dreyfus. <laughs> but a new study out of Australia says that four or five times a year, great whites get together with other great whites they've known for a while and they share a meal. You know, a little baby seal, a little seawater to drink, everything's great. But then it all falls apart when Phil over there gets drunk, cuts himself on a glass, and another feeding frenzy breaks out. Three or four times a year just makes me feel bad for how infrequently I see some of my friends. Isn't it terrible? It's like sharks have a better social life than me. That's I where know, we are that's now. really Wait, sad, yeah. So does that mean they see each other seasonally, yeah. and then the rest of the year they don't see yeah, each other? Yeah, that was what was so surprising, because they didn't, I mean, sharks don't normally so travel. So it's like in-laws. A little bit. <laughs> are they, okay, are sharks having sex? That I assume so because of the existence of more sharks. <laughs> yeah, that's where baby shark comes from. Right. <laughs> Coming up, our panelists don't need any help lying to you. They do it themselves in our Bluff the Listener game. Call one wait wait to play We'll be back in a minute with more of Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me from NPR. 
Support for this podcast and the following message comes from State Farm, whose agents know that your car and home are more than just big purchases. They're a big part of your life. You put the time into making them your own, so now it's time to protect them with your own personal State Farm agent. Not only do they truly get you, but they'll be there for you when you need them. And with over 19,000 agents in neighborhoods across the U.S., there could be one just around the corner, sponsored by State Farm. Talk to an agent today at 1-800-STATE-FARM or by visiting statefarm.com. Happy Halloween, nerds! This week, don't miss a special batch of Halloween episodes from NPR's new daily science podcast, Shortwave. We're going to talk about parasites that take over and control the brains of their hosts. Yes! Much like a podcaster does to their audience. (laughs) Listen and subscribe to Shortwave from NPR. From NPR and WBEZ Chicago... This is Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, the NPR News Quiz. I'm Bill Curtis. We're playing this week with Nagin Farsad, PJ O'Rourke, and Josh Gundelman. And here again is your host at the Chase Bank Auditorium in downtown Chicago, Peter Sagal. Thank you, Bill. Right now it's time for the Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me Bluff the Listener game. Call one wait wait to play our game on the air. Hi, you're on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Hi, Peter. This is Lance Evans from Telluride, Colorado. Telluride, Colorado? That happens to be one of the most beautiful places there is in this world. What do you do there? I'm a ski instructor and substitute teacher. Really? Yeah. Have you always have you always done that, or is, or is that a, a new thing? For no, you? I'm retired military. I was 24 years active duty, uh, took two years off, and uh, decided to, to become a ski instructor. This wow. is my first year. Right. So which is which is more stressful, being in the military or teaching rich people how to ski? I think the latter. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's very nice to have you with us, Lance. You're going to play our game in which you must try to tell truth from fiction. Bill, what is Lance's topic? If you want something done right, do it yourself. They say that the key to being a successful person is to learn how to delegate. You can't do everything yourself. But the trick is other people often do it worse. Our panelists are going to tell you three stories of people who should have just done the damn thing themselves. Guess which one is telling the truth, and you'll win our prize, the weight waiter of your choice on your voicemail. Are you ready to play? I'm ready. All right. First, let's hear from Nagin Farsad. In October 2013, Chinese developer Tan Yahui was pissed. A rival real estate developer in China sued him over a project and he couldn't handle it. So he thought the best solution was murder. Um, Now, murder sounds extreme, but to be fair, he probably wasn't loved enough as a child. Uh, And, you know, he'll just have to sort that out with uh, China's famous therapy culture. Anyway, (laughs) back to murder. Um, He decided to hire a hitman and he paid that hitman about $283,000 to murder his rival developer. The hitman took half the money for himself and he used the other half to hire another hitman. <laughs> then the second hitman subcontracted to a third hitman, <laughs> paying only uh, $38,000 up front, then another 71 Gs when the murder was done. But then the third hitman subcontracted to a fourth hitman, uh, paying even less. Then this hitman went to <laughs> a fifth Hitman, at which point they really just should have formed a boy band. Um, <laughs> and he was only offered $14,000 for the job. At that point, I'm just like, you might as well do the murder for free. You know what I mean? Who's with me, fellow assassins? Okay. <laughs> 
Um, but the fifth hitman is struck with like a pang of morality and actually tells the developer that there's a hit out on him. Then and only then did someone call the police. Um, all five hitmen were charged with intentional homicide, intentional but really lazy homicide, <laughs> and uh, sentenced to between two and four years at a Chinese iPhone factory. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm in prison, at prison. <laughs> An angry businessman hires a hitman who 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 hires a hitman and nobody gets hit. That's Nagin's story. Your next story of delegating irresponsibly comes from PJ O'Rourke. Well, there was a grave diplomatic incident in France recently. The Ministry of Trade was hosting a state dinner for the American Association of Beef Exporters. The French Minister of Trade, who, quel surprise, detests Americans, told the ministry's chef to beef bourguignon, c'est but it's good enough for them. The chef, who's from Burgundy, was deeply offended and turned the uh, dinner over to uh, his sous chef. But the French sous chef union was on strike, so the menu was left to the um, state dinner's uh, maitre d'. His mistress uh, owns a business called... uh, Leroy Berger. Uh, the mistress sent a ministry driver to pick up the entree, but the driver, a recent immigrant from Estonia, misunderstood Leroy Berger and went to a wrong restaurant instead, where his order was taken by a young lady who had just become a militant vegan. And that is how the American Association of Beef Exporters ended up with impossible whoppers. <laughs> A group of American beef exporters get served impossible whoppers because of a chain of failure in France. And your last story of a delegator disappointed comes from Josh Gondelman. Last week, a Greek fisherman named Kostas Asimos went to the dentist complaining of an infected tooth. The dentist told him the condition wasn't urgent and the next available appointment to get the tooth removed wasn't for three weeks. Asimos posted on Facebook that in protest, he intended to tie the offending tooth to a buoy with twine while a friend drove his octopus fishing boat away from the shore to extract it from his mouth. Unfortunately, Asimo's acquaintance, uh, a novice sailor, was a timid pilot and didn't reach a sufficient speed to yank the tooth out. Consequently, Asimo's was dragged from the craft while the tooth stayed firmly affixed to his gums and the boat sped into the harbor, its driver too anxious to notice what had happened. Asimo, still tethered by string to the buoy, treaded water for three hours until a member of the Coast Guard picked him up after receiving several reports of a mermaid bobbing in the waters of the port of Perthia. I bear no ill will towards my friend, said Asimos after being rescued. However, I still do not trust my unreasonable dentist. All right, here are your choices. From Nagin Farsad, a story from China about a man who hired a hitman, 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 and a total of five hitmen got hired, but no one got murdered. From PJ O'Rourke, how a group of American Beef exporters got served impossible whoppers in France because of a series of buck passing among them. Or from Josh Gondelman, the simple story of how a man's tooth extraction failed when he delegated the important job of driving the boat. Which of these is a real story of delegation gone wrong? Well, 
I'm going to go with the Chinese subcontractors. You're going to go with the Chinese subcontractors. That's Nagin's story about mm -hmm. the completely failed hit in China. Well, to bring you somebody, we talked to a journalist who covered this remarkable story. A hitman in China got cold feet, so he hired another man counting <laughs> a five-man chain of murder subcontractors. That was Natalie O'Neill. She writes for the New York Post talking about the hitman who hired the hitman, hired, who hired the hitman, who hired the hitman, who hired the hitman, who hired the hitman <laughs> in China. Congratulations, Lance. You got it right. Yes. You picked the correct story. That was McGee. She was oh, telling the truth. You've earned a point for her. You've won our prize. Thanks for calling. Thanks for playing our games. Take care. Thank you. I love the show. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And now the game where amazing people do completely mundane things. It's called Not My Job. 60 years ago, Gloria Steinem helped found the feminist movement. She famously went undercover to work as a Playboy bunny to report what that was like. She founded Ms. Magazine. She's been a leading activist in the women's movement for decades. She has a new book out. She joins us now. Gloria Steinem, welcome to Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Thank you, thank you. So, I, I mean, I don't want you to go through the whole origin story, but how did you become like the leading intellectual of the American feminist movement? Did someone like ask you to do it? Did you like? No, and I don't think I am the leading intellectual. Movements are by their nature huge and circular and mutually supportive. I became whatever it is I am by being a journalist writing about the movement and there were various places asking me to speak about it. And I discovered exactly how deep and widespread the needs and also enthusiasms about a movement truly were from being on the road. So, I mean, you've been out there on that road a long time. Do you ever find that young people today, especially even young women, have a hard time believing how terrible it was when you started out in your particular journey? Yes, they do, and I'm so glad. Really? They just <laughs> because, can't believe it. Yeah. We who are older are hopeful because we remember when it was worse. And young people who don't remember when it was worse are mad as hell because it's not better now. Right. I'm just imagining you, like, with younger women, like, sitting around in a campfire with a flashlight, like, under your chin and going, <laughs> and when we got married, we didn't just take their last name. We had to take their first name, too. <laughs> yes, yes. And we couldn't have our own credit rating, our own credit cards, our own address. We couldn't get a loan. I mean, we could go on. And, and do you? Yes, I do go on. <laughs> yeah. but, but I think that the purpose of going on is just to show how far we've come and therefore to give everybody faith that we can go even further in the future. I want to ask you about some interesting moments in your long life and career. We read that you played a role in saving Wonder Woman. Yes, they're quite true. Wonder Woman, who was uh, my favorite comic book character when I was growing up, by the time we started Ms. Magazine and we were all grown-ups, she had lost all of her magical powers. You know, the 1950s were a hard time for all women, including for Wonder Woman. She had become kind of like a car hop. So we put her on the cover of Ms. Magazine in her original self, and we ran her Golden Age strips inside and asked our readers to lobby to bring Wonder Woman back with all her powers intact. 
And so many people wrote and carried on and lobbied and so on that the comic book company that owned Wonder Woman did finally make her her own self again as you began to see her. And I remember getting a call from one of the chief executives looking after Wonder Woman, and he said, okay, okay, she's got all her magical powers back, she can fly, she has a magic lasso that makes people tell the truth. She has a African-American Amazon sister named Nubia. Now will you leave me alone? <laughs> <laughs> so wait a minute. It was your influence that ultimately brought around the 1970s Linda Carter uh, Wonder Woman TV show? Well, not exactly the TV show, but she did in, indeed at least have her powers back. No, I'm, of, I'm just going to believe that it's your fault and my 12-year-old self thanks you. <laughs> <laughs> well, your 12-year-old your self is very smart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's not what it was. Um, <laughs> One of the things we found out in your book, your new book is a book of quotes, yours and others, but perhaps one of the most amazing things I found out in your book is you did not say the thing that you are most famous for saying. You mean if... if, uh, A woman needs a man like a fish needs a bicycle. Yes, I heard that and I repeated it uh, and then it was wrongly attributed to me and finally I discovered that it was a woman in Australia who had said it. Uh, When she was a student, she had written it on the wall of a lady's room, and it got on T-shirts and went around the world. Wait a minute, I'm sorry. It it started by being written on the wall of a lady's lady's room room in Australia? Yes, in the University of Sydney, yes. That's how how we did viral in the 70s, kids. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Um, I, I know you got married uh, later in life. Uh, did anybody throw that back in your face? Oh, I guess you needed a bicycle, eh? Or something like that? <laughs> no, because by that time, the marriage laws were equal. Secondly, uh, I, we were in love, David Bale and I, and we wanted to be together. And so we were on our way anyway to Oklahoma to the Cherokee National Reunion uh, and Wilma Mankiller, who's the chief of the Cherokee Nation, a dear friend, and she offered us a Cherokee ceremony. So who could resist that? I couldn't. <laughs> Although, I'm just going to say, if my wife had said to me, I've got a great idea for our marriage, it's going to be overseen by a woman named Wilma Mankiller, I might have blanched. When people asked her about her name, if they asked nicely, she would explain that it was a honorific and it meant someone who protected the village. Right. If they, if they asked her not nicely, she would say, I earned it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want one last thing, which is that you have a Presidential Medal of Freedom, right? Yes, I do. Well, where do you keep it? It's, it's in a very uh, simple but elegant wooden box sitting on a chest of drawers in my apartment. Right. You never... I, I confess that I don't wear it. Right. And um, do you ever wear it? Do you ever like say, eh, I'm going to put on my presidential medal and go down and get a bagel? <laughs> no, I never have, actually. I confess. Well, there, may, there may come a time when I feel the need for it, and so I'm keeping it handy. Absolutely, you never know. So far, I haven't. (laughs) Well, Gloria Steinem, it is an honor to talk to you. We have asked you here to play a game that we're calling... Steinem, meet Steinmen. Your last name is, of course, Steinem, but what do you know about Steinmen, which is another word for bartenders, people who fill up beer steins. Steins, as it happens, yes. It's true, we read it on the internet. (laughs) 
We're going to ask you three questions about remarkable bartenders and their drinks. Answer two out of three correctly, and you'll win a prize for one of our listeners. Bill, who is Gloria Steinem playing for? Lillian Turner of Washington, D.C. All right. You ready to play? I'm afraid Lillian is in big trouble because I don't really drink that much, but I'll try. (laughs) Well, grab your Presidential Medal of Freedom and use its power. (laughs) All right, here's your first question. If you visit the Eternity Bar in Ukraine, you'll be served by bartenders who are also what? A, they're DMV employees and it takes an eternity to get a drink. (laughs) B, they're former KGB agents who instead of taking money make you inform on a friend. Or C, they're undertakers and the bar is shaped like a coffin. Well, it must be Undertakers, because I just can't imagine it's the other two. I think you're right. You're a very sensible person, Ms. Steinem. The entire bar is coffin and death-themed. All right, here's your next question. A bartender in Canada was distraught when the essential ingredient for their signature cocktail was stolen. Was it A, their maple syrup stuffed olives for their Yukon martinis? B, a live moose who contributes the key ingredient for the moose sweat margarita? Or C, a human toe? I'll have to go with number one because I can't quite go with the other two. No. It, in fact, was the human toe. You're kidding. It is a very long story. (laughs) But it's Uh been stolen. If anybody knows where this toe is, please return. (laughs) All right, you have one last question. If you get this right, you win. The mayor of Minoe, Nebraska, also serves as the town's bartender and is also what? A, she is a top 10 Formula One race car driver. B, she is the infamous artist Banksy. <laughs> or C, she is the only resident of the town of Minoe, Nebraska. I'll go for C. You're She's right, Ms. Steiner, that's true. Elsie L. Eiler is 85 years old. She is the only resident of Minoe. It is the smallest town in America, and she pays taxes to herself. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, I know. That's great. It's kind of a feminist dream. She does all the jobs. She's the only one there to do it. Bill, how did Gloria Steinem do? Gloria got two out of three, and that's a winner, Gloria. Oh, I wish that were so in life. Thank you. You are in life. Gloria Steinem's latest book is called The Truth Will Set You Free, but first it will piss you off, and it is available now. <laughs> Gloria Steinem, thank you so much for joining us on Wait, Wait, Thank you. Thank, thank you. You want a close encounter with a Wonder Woman? You want to feel the power of Supergirl? You want to take me on, but baby, you should run. Because today's the day I'm going to rock your when we come back, we put a ring on it in our listener limerick challenge. Call one wait wait to join us on the air. We'll be back in a minute with more of Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me from NPO. Support for this podcast and the following message comes from Target Red Card. Save 5% and get more every day. More yum for your favorite fall recipes. More style for cozy layered looks. More boo for Halloween decorations. From kids' favorite costumes to all things pumpkin spice, Red Card gets you more. Learn more in-store or online. Restrictions apply. See Target.com slash Red Card for details. How will you remember the past decade in music? I'm Robin Hilton with NPR's All Songs Considered. Join us as we look back at the defining trends and moments of the 2010s, from Beyonce to Bandcamp. Listen twice a week on All Songs Considered from NPR. From NPR and WBEZ Chicago, this is Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, the NPR News Quiz. 
I'm Bill Curtis. We're playing this week with Josh Gundelman, PJ O'Rourke, and Nagin Forsad. And here again is your host at the Chase Bank Auditorium in downtown Chicago, Peter Sago. Thank you, Bill. In just a minute, Bill takes his corona with a rhyme in our listener limerick challenge. If you'd like to play, give us a call at one wait wait That's 1-888-924-8924. Right now, panel, some more questions for you from the week's news. Nagin, thanks to a major security flaw, this week a Russian computer hacker took over the control of the global food supply for whom? Um... Like really hungry dudes? No, I'll give you a hint. I don't understand what kind of group. What do you mean? Release the kibbles and bits. Oh, for dogs. And cats too. For pets. Let me explain. The computer hack involved furry tail brand smart feeders. Now there are these internet connected pet feeders that allow you to feed your pets while you're out of town, or if you want them to worship a foot high white cylinder as a god. But now a Russian computer security specialist said she exploited a flaw to get control over every one of the 10,000 furry tail feeders across the world. This could mean, for example, the sudden release of all the food stored inside them. This yeah. is like a very acute hacking. Yes, it's very adorable. <laughs> like it, you couldn't, this isn't like Bond villain, like, like Mr. Bond, if, we, if you don't give up the codes. <laughs> Your dog will get really fat. <laughs> what does the hacker get out of this? Well, th- th- now, the reason we know about this is because this is a computer security specialist who, once she figured out how to do this, alerted the world. It's easy to imagine somebody using this, especially Russians, to a bad effect. For example, um, they, may, they, they may decide not to feed your cat unless it praises Vladimir Putin, which it would do anyway, it's a cat. <laughs> you know who we really don't want this technology to get in the hands of is who? the cats and the dogs. That would be terrible. I, I was going to say, I, I, suddenly I understand what my Brittany Spaniel was doing at my laptop. Yeah. <laughs> PJ, new medical research shows if you want to lower your chances of going bald, you should do what? Yeah, tell us. <laughs> What you want to do is be Irish. <laughs> we don't lose our hair, we lose our minds. <laughs> I'll, I'll give you a hint. It looks like I need to take another follicular health day off. It's just a t- just vacation, vacate. Well, take basically, stop doing what so much? Working. Exactly right. A new study shows that men are twice as likely to go bald if they work 52 hours a week. This is strange because my own personal research says not having a real job also makes you go bald. (laughs) Apparently there's a hormonal stress response to working overtime and it can inhibit hair hair follicle growth. This is Reagan explained. It is, yeah, exactly. No wonder he looks so great. It's great news for people dating who now have a 1% chance of finding someone with a job who also has hair. (laughs) You'd think I'd be more successful by my hairline. Let me ask you a question. Yes. One bald guy to another. When did, when did you first start to lose your hair? Age 19. 19? Yeah. yeah. Me too. Which is, I like that. I like it early because then you know the man you're going to be. <laughs> <laughs> right? If you start, you, if you have a full head of hair into your 30s like a chump, you don't know when it's coming. You don't know if it's coming. Yeah. At 19, you're just like, well, brace for impact for the next 50 odd years. Yeah. <laughs> Have you ever, and I have had this experience, have you ever had like a guy losing his hair later on in life come to you and say, what do I do? Yeah. And what do you say? I laugh mostly. (laughs) (laughs) No, be 
like, why are you asking me? I clearly have no idea. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you, st- you steer into the skid. <laughs> <laughs> up it's lightning fill in the blank but first it's the game where you have to listen for the rhyme if you'd like to play on air call or leave a message at one triple eight wait wait that's one eight 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 nine two four eight nine two four or click the contact us link on our website that's waitwait.npr.org there you can find out about attending our weekly live shows right here at the chase bank auditorium in chicago and our upcoming show in des moines iowa january 23rd right before the Iowa caucuses. And if you like our show, but wish there were a short version, you could play without calling us. Try our weekly quiz every Wednesday on your smart speaker. Just say, open the Wait Wait quiz, and Bill and I will appear like magic in your room. Hi, you're on Wait Wait, Don't Tell Me. Hi, this is Ann Companion, and I'm calling from Hampton, Virginia. You're Ann Companion from Hampton? I sure am. That's like an Eminem lyric. (laughs) (laughs) And what do you do there in Hampton, Ann Companion? I am a portrait photographer. I have a here in Hampton. Really? Are people still paying uh, professionals to do that when everybody's taking pictures of each other with iPhones? Yeah, they actually are. I, um, I have a great business. That's great. Yeah, we uh, selfie takers have found out it's not as easy to make yourself look good as it seems. No, it's true. <laughs> that <laughs> is very true. Yeah, right. <laughs> is, that your, is that your slogan for portrait photography, right? It's don't just trust your friend, trust a companion. <laughs> <laughs> very good. Well, and welcome to the show. Bill Curtis is going to read you three news-related limericks with their last word or phrase missing from each. If you can fill in that last word or phrase correctly into the limericks, you will be a winner. You ready to play? Yes. Here is your first limerick. For this sensory video thing, I'll watch jewelers making some bling. But my passion is slipping. A guy took nail clippings and fashioned them into a... Ring. Right, a ring. Diamond rings are expensive, so a man in China made an engagement ring out of his fingernails. You, you'd think there would be a middle ground somewhere. <laughs> Cubic zirconium yeah. exists, dude. Cubic zirconium. <laughs> so next time you see a guy in the subway cutting his nails, don't say, ooh, say, who's the lucky lady? <laughs> You're wondering how he did this. Well, what he did was he, he, he cut his fingernails for an entire year, then he turned all the clippings into a sculptable paste creating the perfect worst Ugh. ring ever. <laughs> really? Uh, the real question is, what's worth this ring or the ring in the movie that kills you eight days after you see it? <laughs> All right, very good. Here is your next limerick. My home has a grand floral spread that won't need to be watered or fed. No need to get squirmy. It's plant taxidermy. My flowers are already... Dead. Yes, dead. <laughs> You can cultivate your brown thumb this winter. Dead plants are the hottest trend in home decor. (laughs) You know what? I've been way ahead of this trend. I know. (laughs) You weren't lazy and incompetent. You were a trendsetter. Yeah. Yeah. I'm influencer, really. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) According to the Wall Street Journal, everybody wants preserved plants, otherwise known as your formerly living plants when you come back from vacation. They require no water and no care because they're dead, but because they've been injected with a kind of mummifying liquid, they still look green and alive. That's true. They're great because they're really low maintenance, all while giving you that fresh feeling of living in a plant morgue. (laughs) 
This sounds to me like the first act of a vegan serial killer, right? First it's houseplants, then it's trees, and then yeah. who knows? Right. <laughs> vegan serial killer, you, you got a series. <laughs> <laughs> vegan serial killer. Netflix, uh, least uh, riveting uh, murder documentary. Yeah. <laughs> Play it at 1.5 the speed. <laughs> All right, here is your last limerick. He's not a good RPG shooter, nor much of a coin and ring looter. My kid is quite lame at video games, so we've hired the poor guy a... Tutor? Yay, tutor, yes! (laughs) Parents are hiring video game tutors. Oh, no. (laughs) As a new effort to make your kids hate video games. Fortnite and World of Warcraft have become so popular, they've basically become a sport, and people are so motivated to play well, they're hiring tutors, sometimes for $100 an hour. Well, no, it's just don't do that. It's just like the good old days when we had, like, a Monopoly tutor. (laughs) You have to pass go, damn it. How many times do I have to go over this? No, idiot. Roll sixes. I weep for humanity. I really do. But apparently these are like uh, totally great things these days. Kids get college scholarships playing eSports. Great. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So so bodes well for the nation. It really does. (laughs) I never felt more like I was born too soon. (laughs) I have the ideal body for eSports. Yes. (laughs) Bill, how did Anne do in our quiz? Anne's companion was victory. (laughs) Well done, Anne. Congratulations, Anne. Thanks so much for playing. Thank you. Thank you. This message comes from NPR sponsor, Capital One. With the Capital One Saver card, you can earn 4% cash back on dining and entertainment. That means 4% on milkshakes with the kids and 4% on music with your pals. You'll also earn 2% cash back at grocery stores and 1% on all other purchases. Now when you go out, you cash in. Capital One, what's in your wallet? Terms apply. Support for this podcast and the following message come from the Walton Family Foundation, where opportunity takes root. More information is available at waltonfamilyfoundation.org. Now it's time for our final game, Lightning Fill-in-the-Blank. Each of our players will have 60 seconds in which to answer as many fill-in-the-blank questions as they can. Each correct answer is now worth two points. Bill, can you give us the scores? Josh and Nagin each have three. PJ has two. Oh, my gosh. That means PJ... (laughs) You are up first. All right. The clock will start when I begin your first question. Fill in the blank. On Wednesday, the Pentagon released pictures from the raid that killed Abu Bakr al-Baghdadi, former leader of blank. ISIS. Right. Yeah. As protests continued into their second week, the president of blank canceled two planned Chile, Chile. Yes. On Wednesday, a doctor reported that blank's autopsy was more consistent with homicide than suicide. Oh, that Epstein guy. Yeah, Jeffrey Epstein. Creed. For Halloween this year, Mitt Romney's grandson dressed as blank. Hillary Clinton. No, Pierre Delecto. <laughs> <laughs> On Monday, the CDC reported that most deaths linked to blank involved vaping, THC products. Vaping, not, vaping. Not, yes, vaping, not nicotine. A man in Australia who needed help breaking up with his girlfriend asked his mom to call her and blank. Invite her to that shark dinner. No. <laughs> he t- and told her to call his girlfriend and tell her that he was dead. The couple's relationship had started to go downhill when the man borrowed 500 bucks from his girlfriend, couldn't pay her back. So he did the honest and honorable thing and asked his mom for help faking his own death. 
it's, it's right in line with that classic breakup excuse. It's not you. I'm dead. <laughs> just, uh, just ask your mom for the money. <laughs> yeah, I know. It seems weird. But if you're going to go to those lengths. Yeah. And finally, it took a year for her to discover this. She actually went to the restaurant where he had worked, and he was still working there. <laughs> Which brings up the question. Was like, what? scared the hell out of her. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Which brings up the question. Boyfriend, girlfriend, mother calls saying, oh, your boyfriend's dead. Australian accent. Your boyfriend's dead. And she goes, oh. Yeah. <laughs> I guess we're square is what yeah, she said. <laughs> That relationship wasn't going anyplace anyway. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> Bill, how did PJ do in our quiz? He did pretty good. Four right, eight more points, total of ten, which puts him in the lead. All right, very good. <laughs> very temporarily. <laughs> well, Josh has elected to go last, so, McGean, you're up next. Okay. Please fill in the blank. On Tuesday, lawmakers in the UK approved snap elections to break an impasse over blank. Brexit? Right. On Monday, a court in blank ruled that the state's congressional maps were unconstitutional. North Carolina? Very good. Uh, this week, social media site Blank announced it was banning all political ads. Twitter. Right. On Tuesday, a judge temporarily blocked an Alabama law banning nearly all blanks. Abortion. Right. This week, security cameras caught a man wearing blanks stealing money from a laundromat. Oh, um, wearing a dog costume. No, he wore a shirt that said, it's not a crime unless you get caught. <laughs> On Monday, stand-up comedian Blank was awarded the Mark Twain Award for comedy. I don't know. It's Dave Chappelle. Oh, a suspicious Dave package Chappelle. that shut down a New York train station was determined by investigators to be a blank. Um, a fun package. No, it was a box containing a device to help people call in suspicious packages. <laughs> wow. After seeing this box sitting there by the side of the station near the wall, a commuter ran to a nearby MTA help point system. These are devices set around stations that let you contact police about suspicious packages, called it in, police evacuated the station, cautiously opened the box, revealing a new MTA help point system unit. These are amazing. That's the best. That means you don't even have to plug them in for them to work. It just works. Yeah. It's amazing. Bill, how did Nagin do in our quiz? She got four right for eight more points, total of 11. Nagin is now in the lead. All right. So Nagin. how many then, how many then does Josh Gondelman need to win his first game with us? Well, four to tie, five to win. All right, Josh. Here we go. This is for the game. On Wednesday, House Democrats asked former National Security Advisor Blank to testify in the impeachment inquiry. Uh, Mattis? No, John Bolton. Oh, right. On Tuesday, the blank voted to allow college athletes to profit NCAA. off their name, image, and likeness, right? This week, strong winds hastened the growth of the blanks threatening California. Wildfires. Yes. For the third time this year, the blank cut short-term interest rates. Federal Reserve. Right. This week, a government employee in a small South Carolina town says he was fired because the mayor disapproved of blank. Uh, his hairstyle. No, of a call he made during a kickball game. Mm -hmm. This week, NBC Universal said it was releasing former employees from non-disclosure agreements relating to blank. The Apprentice. No. <laughs> Just some wishful we thinking. Wish. Sexual <laughs> harassment on Tuesday. HBO announced it would not be going forward. Uh, with one of the planned prequels to blank. Game of Thrones. Right. McDonald's of Portugal has apologized for a new commercial promoting its strawberry ice cream dessert with the slogan blank. Sunday, bloody, bloody Sunday. Yes, indeed. Woo! Wow. Good. Of course, they thought they were just making a cool Halloween reference to the U2 song, Sunday, Bloody Sunday, but they forgot the song is about Bloody Sunday in Northern Ireland where more than a dozen people were killed, and that's not cool. Unlike McDonald's McFlurry, a delicious ice cream treat. <laughs> 
Bill, did Josh do well enough to win? He got five right, ten more points, a total of 13. The All rookie right. wins! Congratulations! Yay. Nothing at all. <laughs> exactly what my heart feels like I deserve. There you are. In just a minute, we're going to ask our panelists how DC will celebrate now that they're World Series champions. Special thanks to our live event sponsor, Weston Hotels and Resorts. Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me is a production of NPR and WBEZ Chicago in association with the Urgent Haircut Productions, Doug Berman, Benevolent Overlord. Philip Godica writes our limericks. Our public address announcer is Paul Friedman. Our house manager, that's Gianna Capadona. Our brand new intern, she's Emma Day. Our web guru is Beth Novi. BJ Lederman composed our theme. Our program is produced by Jennifer Mills, Miles Dernboss, and Lillian King. Technical direction from Lorna White. Our business and ops manager is Colin Miller. Our production manager is Robert Newhouse. Our senior producer is Ian Chillog and the executive producer of Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. That's Michael Danforth. Now, panel, how will Washington, D.C. celebrate the World Series? P.J. O'Rourke. Well, uh, uh, Congressional Representative Rashida Tlaib uh, from Detroit will introduce uh, fairness and equity legislation requiring next year's World Series to be between the Detroit Tigers and the Miami uh, Marlins. <laughs> Nagin Farsal. They're going to go into a dystopian soundscape where the only thing they hear is Baby Shark. <laughs> and Josh Gondelman. Uh, an influential think tank will use this attack by the Houston Astros as pretext to declare war on the Dallas Cowboys. Well, if any of that happens, we'll ask you about it right here on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Thank you, Bill Curtis. Thanks also to PJ O'Rourke, Nagin Farsad, and Josh Gondelman. Thanks to all of you for listening. I'm Peter Sagal. We'll see you next week. This is NPR.